Recorded live in the Phantasmo Lounge, high atop the Vincent Talbot building in beautiful Midtown Chesapeake, Virginia. It's Phantasmo After Dark with your host, Rob Floyd, and co-host, Phyllis Floyd. Tonight's topic, Hawk the Slayer and Deathstalker and Deathstalker 2. The greatest challenge. The greatest adventure. The most legendary hero of them all. Well, hey everybody, welcome back to the old podcast. Hey Phyllis. Hey Rob. Looks like we got a triple feature of 80s sword and sorcery flicks tonight. Indeed we do. Oh boy, do we. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I think I think we started out in the order that you the order that you named them was also the order that Quality? we viewed them. Well, no. So the order you named them was the order we viewed them and also the order of quality. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I mean, it's no secret. You know, I love swashbuckling action adventure movies. Always have since I was a kid. And I am a fantasy nut. Yeah. So Robin Hood, you know, Zorro, any of that kind of stuff like that. Crimson Pirate, you know, and then Lord of the Rings with you and any of the other fantasy dozen stuff. fantasy movies and, and books yep, that you yep. that you enjoy. So this is kind of a subject that we you know we don't really hit on a lot with the podcast, but Very it's stuff true. that we that we do really like. And honestly, there's not a whole lot of really good fantasy really films out there. Good ones, yeah. Yeah. I mean there's some crap. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. Riding a fine line here tonight. Yeah. Um, indeed. <laughs> the interesting thing though about well I'll start off with Hawk Slayer, the order we watched him in. It was probably one of the first ones to jumpstart the 80s renaissance or boom in those sword and sorcery flicks. This came out in 1980. Okay. And Dragon Slayer, which is a, in my, you know, for my money, is a vastly underrated flick. Agreed. Didn't come out until 81. And then Conan with Schwarzenegger wasn't until 82. Right. So this got in under the wire, or if it didn't jumpstart it, it they got it in before the other ones were released. Right, right. <laughs> Well, and I had never seen any of these until this either. past week. There, there've been titles that I have heard of forever in sure. a day, right? But I've just never seen, got around to seeing. Them. I've seen clips from a couple of them. Yeah, but yeah, had never seen the film them or the films themselves. Yeah. Now, Hawk the Slayer of the three was probably the best film and then the yeah. most enjoyable. I agree on on different levels. The music was fantastic. For the, it really it, was. It was good, and it it was relatively contemporary, but it wasn't. It didn't sound like modern music. It it, it fit with a fantasy type. It did well, and you know, as both of us realized very quickly, it sounded a whole <laughs> lot like Jeff Wayne's War of the Worlds, yeah. specifically Thunderchild. I think the guy had listened to that a few times. I think maybe he had, uh, uh, but out. you know what. I love Thunderchild, and oh, yeah. I really enjoyed this music. It so. was a nice little homage to it. <laughs> it was. The producer, a guy named Harry Robertson, mm -hmm. he also did the music. Yes. So, and I believe... I think he wrote it too, right? Yeah, I think, I think he was one of the writers. So. But did not direct. No. No. <laughs> That was Terry Marcel, I believe. Was, was the director? Name. Yeah. Do we know this person from anybody? Not that I can recall. No. Okay. I mean, I don't recognize the name, but I often don't, so. Yeah. Now, one of the things that does set this apart from the other ones is the cast. True. Aside from the guy that played Hawk. The second-born brother 
They called him Hawk. John Terry, mm-hmm. who was probably the, you could say, worst actor of the bunch. He was real wooden. He didn't yeah. really have a whole lot. He was. That's true. Um, trying to do this strong, silent hero. Yeah. Eh, but he just didn't have any delivery with his lines. True. But the guy playing his brother. Firstborn brother. They called him Voltan. The bad guy. <laughs> Jack Palance. Okay, right there. That's a, that's enough. That's enough for you to see the film, Jack I Palance. mean, he can choose some scenery. Last thing you will ever see is the woman you love. In my arm. Yeah. And he's just a joy to watch on screen. He has a lot of fun to watch. But because that's not enough for you. Okay. Uh, Ferdy Main, actor, a lot of British films. Mm-hmm. He was in uh, Fearless Vampire Killers. Mm. He was in that. He was in The Vampire Happening. Okay. Uh, and a dozen other things. Uh, Roy Kinnear, mm-hmm. Veruca Salt's father. Right. D'Artagnan's right-hand guy in The Three and Four Musketeers. Right. Shane Bryant. From Captain Cronus, Vampire Hunter, Frankenstein Monster from Hell, and Hammer. Uh, you know, good looking guy. Small part in this, though. Mm-hmm. Which is a shame. He should have been higher up. He should have had more of a lead part in this. In fact, who knows? He might have been able to pull off Hawk. That would have been kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, that would have been cool. Uh, William Morgan Shepard, who was in, oh God, he was a Klingon commander in Star Trek Undiscovered Country. He was a bad guy in Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. He was in couple of all all over tv in the in the 80s 90s and and you know movies and stuff he's one of those faces oh that guy Mm -hmm. and then a name that we're very familiar with patricia quinn gee where do we know her from (laughs) now you got all these people surrounding this guy Playing, and and that's not even to mention the guy playing the dwarf and the guy playing the what the elf the elf yeah and um, the giant yeah and the giant and they were okay but you got these these quality actors delivering good performances mm-hmm. in this low budget kind of nothing movie. nothing movie yeah but it wasn't bad no I enjoyed it for a low budget can't remember where it was shot overseas somewhere I believe it was you know the acting around this guy was was good enough to carry the movie yeah true plot is basically these two brothers the one wants the power we get flashback okay first we see plants has got like a helmet with half the face covered like phantom of the opera yeah and in the flashbacks you find it was they were fighting over a woman yes and over some type of magical power or yeah, something or something that, like that yeah but the woman chooses hawk instead of voltan and and then so Voltan tries to kill Hawk and the girl she gets Voltan in the, in the face with a torch or something. Yeah. And as Hawk and the girl are getting away, Voltan shoots her her with an arrow and kills her. Yeah. But he's still pissed at Hawk now. Right, right. But the movie opens with Voltan killing their father. Yeah. As he's trying to get this magical power that he's supposed to inherit as the eldest son or yeah. something. But, but the, the father Hawk. knows that he's he's evil and shouldn't go to him. So Yeah, yeah anyway, Voltan Stabs his father and then runs off and Hawk breaks in and manages to... He gets the... It's this mystic, this crystal that floats through the air and It's then, an elf stone or yeah, something. embeds itself in the pommel of this sword. The ancient power of the sword of mind. Well, yeah. actually, the pommel of the sword looks like a sex toy. Yeah, it does. It's, it, it's, it's, it's a fist. A, it's a fisting sword. Yeah. And... The the uh, this scene though the the thing floats through the air and the handle opens up and grabs the crystal right and it glows whenever he uses the sword yeah and it's so a neat now idea 
Yeah. But it, it looks was, really it looks goofy because the handle's a little too big. Yeah. It, you know? It's it's pretty weird looking. But at least it was this unique individual That's very prominent true. sword. That's very true. They came up with you their know? own thing for this movie, and uh-huh. I can respect that. So now the sword, kind of like, not quite like Thor's hammer, but a little bit, so he can kind of call it to his hand yeah, at will. it'll come back to him yeah. if he drops it or something. And it's, it like quickly gets to his hand. It's yeah. not like waiting on it to show up. Now, this is the part that I don't quite understand. He kidnaps this, nun, this well, mother so superior He nun. kidnaps the nun because he wants ransom money. But I don't quite understand the reasoning behind wanting the ransom money, yeah. other than he's evil and wants money. But I so don't see the, how yeah. it furthers his agenda. Yeah, I, don't, I don't remember what that part of it was, or even if they said it. But anyway, one of the other nuns gets in touch with Hawk, and so he uh, goes to this witch, which is Patricia Quinn. Yes. And she tells him, you must, you know, get these people around you to help you. So he goes and, or she sends him yeah, magically a portal. to find the giant, to find the dwarf, to find the elf. Mm-hmm. And, but they know him, I think. It seems that it way. It seems they've known him before. Either so. that or they just somehow yeah. innately know they're supposed to go with and him. Because guy, he just kind of shows yeah. up and nods at them and they all just stop what they're doing and go with him. And then uh, William Morgan Shepard, who had lost a hand. Mm-hmm. To Voltan before, I think. Yep. And uh, he has this repeater crossbow. and So they get to get their Magnificent Seven group together. <laughs> and uh, they go to the nun's castle and to protect them and parlay with Voltan. And there's the movie, basically. Yeah, that, that's the basic plot of it, yeah. You get flashbacks to uh, Hawk's wedding day and Voltan coming in and... and saying i'll never forgive you and she'll be mine again and blah 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 yeah yeah so you you get some backstory but that's pretty much the movie yeah and it's but it's entertaining though Mm -hmm. uh it wasn't it's not a great movie by any means no not everybody lives but not everybody dies yeah so you got you have some gravitas or some drama drama some drama in the story there and the fighting is all right in it yeah it's not bad but I was really impressed is the the peripheral actors in this thing mm-hmm. are really you know like I said earlier top yeah, notch people and and you know they didn't have to do that but it's a good thing they did because it does elevate it a little bit it does it does um, well I mean you can tell that there was actually a story there was actually a plot you know they they had actual direction mm-hmm. there were things going on in this film other yeah. than and it's there got some heart some, to it it's not it bad does, it's not yeah. bad at all there were a few really. weird special effects yeah. but you know whatever for, for the a music, low budget sword and sorcery yes. flick it's not bad at all yeah the music elevated it a little beyond i think what it could have should have been maybe <laughs> uh, because i think the music helped a lot it was oh really, it did there was it really did compared to the other two movies yeah that we're going to talk about in a minute yeah which it kind of took you out of it and kind of hurt it a little bit but yeah it really did help this one stay on at a level that you were like okay yeah you can you know buy it and enjoy Mm -hmm. it i go back to the sword because you know i'm a geek for swords and and props in general (laughs) and apparently you know there have been replicas made okay people have made i think their own replicas not not mass-produced replicas yeah well what happened to the original one do you know yes it was sold at an auction in england some years ago. A few, a few oh. years ago, actually. Just a few, I think. Okay. Uh, you can Google that. I'll put pictures up on the Facebook page. Nice. But you can see that it, it does appear to be the hero's sword, because you can see where it was worn on the knuckles and stuff, and different parts of the sword, you know? Yeah. That haven't been used or kept over the years. Huh. So that was kind of cool. Neat. Yeah, and this is what we watched 
uh, all of these, actually, on Amazon Prime. Was it? Yeah. Oh, okay. I yeah. thought one of them was Tubi, but maybe no, not. No, they, they might be on Tubi. Yeah. They might well, be on was... YouTube. But the, we saw them on Amazon Prime. The quality was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I believe they are. I don't know if they still are, but they were. Each one, I think, was available on DVD, if I'm not hmm. mistaken. So they're really easy to watch. Yeah, that's, I mean, I, I can't say much more about Hawk. It wasn't great, but it was enjoyable. It was fun. And I, I might watch it again at some point, you know? Yeah, maybe. Maybe so. No, I enjoyed it. I thought it was it was pretty good for what it was and didn't suck. I liked it. Yeah. You should watch it. Yeah. Now, moving right along. Footloose and Fancy Free. <laughs> Deathstalker and Deathstalker 2. Let's oh, start my. with Deathstalker, the first one. <laughs> he was the man they called Deathstalker. Yeah, this now, one. This has the problem, not the problem, but maybe the the heartbreak of coming in after Conan. Okay. Conan was 82, Dra- Dragon Slayer was 81. Mm-hmm. Deathstalker comes out in 83. So it's got uh, a lot to live up to. Now, this is this is actually definitely cult status. I mean, I've oh, heard yeah. of Deathstalker oh, before. Yeah. Well, there's Never they made four it. of them. Right. Okay, and very different from each other. Yeah, though you and I have only seen one and yeah, two. Yeah, we yeah we've only seen the first two. I don't know if the other the last two were on Amazon or not. I haven't looked because yeah, we were busy sure. with these. Yeah, and I was looking up stuff as we were watching them. Mm-hmm. So I, that's when I found out there were sequels. So so maybe we'll do the other two later. Uh, and I do want to watch the other two because of the first two. Yeah, and we'll get into that. As we go here. The first one, the guy playing Deathstalker. Rick Hill. Rick Hill. Interesting guy. Yeah. Did a did a handful of stuff, but he also went and was, after he did Deathstalker and stuff and uh, some other things, he became a writer and wrote a best-selling uh, novel and uh, did, a, you know, some other stuff. And Barbie Benton's in this. Right. Not a whole, not a big part, but God bless her, she's beautiful. <laughs> uh, Richard Booker, Brooker, excuse me, Richard Brooker is one of our favorite characters in here. I called him Crop Top because <laughs> he wore a crop top, an armored crop top. You also called him Van Dam Junior. Yeah, when he when he changed <laughs> costumes and wasn't wearing the crop top anymore because he had to, had a Van Dam look to his face a little bit. <laughs> but the interesting thing about him, though. He was also Jason in Friday the 13th Part 3, ah, which was the first Jason to wear the hockey mask. Hockey mask, right. So, you know, he's got that going for him. <laughs> um, Lana Clarkson was the barbarian chick in this, mm. who uh, went on to do Barbarian Queen uh, 1 and 2 for Corman. Which I have not seen. Which is also on Amazon Prime. We'll have to check those out. Okay. But who knows? Maybe we'll watch one of those when we get done recording it. <laughs> kind of in that mood, you know? Yeah. That's about it, cast-wise, in that thing. Right. This was a straight-up sword and sorcery fantasy movie. Well, okay. Rick Hill looked the part of this this character. He I mean, did. he was built. He he could pose. He definitely had an idea what to do with the sword. Yeah, he was a he was a yeah big guy. He had barbarian, like, long, stringy kind of hair, yeah. you know, which was a wig. Though, of course, yeah. Obvious wig, but, but whatever. He, it, he looked the part. Yeah. You know, and yeah, and he did look like he could use a sword. Yes, um, definitely. Now, this one, this was some kind of, didn't you say Argentine? Yeah, this was an Ar- Argentine-American um, uh, co-production filmed right, in right. Buenos Aires, I believe. And, and it, it was 
it was good. I mean, I enjoyed watching it. Though I will say that when we watched it, the first one, yeah. I thought, well, this kind of sucks, you know, compared to Hawk, which, yeah. of course, you know, you're comparing <laughs> some not so great, but fun movies. Yeah. Well, you're comparing, like, you know, not apples and oranges, but you're comparing apples and apples. You're comparing Granny Smith to Fuji Apple. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yes, it's weird. I don't know. One's but... pretty good, one's a little sweet, and one's a little bitter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, you know, I thought, well, this isn't as good as the other and, and you know, oh, but whatever. Wait, but but then once we got to the second one, I was like, yeah. that was a masterpiece. Death Stalker, Death Stalker <laughs> 2, Death Stalker 2 makes Death Stalker 1 look like high art. It does. And in that respect, Death Stalker 2 makes Hawk the Slayer look like a masterpiece. It does. Um, it's terrible. But... We had so much fun watching it. Okay, oh, yeah. so well, let's stay, let's right stick off with the, the first bat. one. Yes, let's go okay. to the first one. The music, so right off the bat, the music is more contemporary eighties music. It yeah, didn't, didn't fit, love it. It didn't fit a period piece. No, it didn't. I mean, if you can call it a period piece, but whatever. Well, a fantasy movie. Yeah. You know. But it it didn't really fit. Yeah. I didn't love it. I mean, it's not like the music itself sucked. It just no, didn't. It just was fit. in the wrong movie. Yeah, that's right. Death Stalker, who goes by Stalker. Yeah. To his friends. <laughs> to his friends. He's not really a hero. He's not an anti-hero. He's just doing his own thing. He's, yeah, he's kind of in it for himself. He's really kind of the neutral character. He's just surviving, doing what he's got to do to eat and live and get by yeah. kind of thing. So in the first scene, you see this. these trolls are all, like, sneaking around and they show up next to this guy. Who has this girl tied up. Who has this girl up. tied up. And you can tell he's getting ready to rape her. And... But all you see is he grabs her her restraints, and as soon as he turns around, all these trolls are there. Yeah, and I'm assuming they're trolls. That's what they kind of seem like to me. Beasts, but whatever, monsters, whatever. Yeah. And um, so he tries to buy them off and like runs, and they start chasing him. One of the trolls grabs the girl, and they all run off. But then he comes across Stalker. Yeah. And the trolls are there too, and the trolls look at Stalker and they say, "We have, you know, this fight isn't with you." But he's having none of it. He sees the girl tied up and he sees... So, you know, the first thing you're thinking is, oh, so he's he's going to save the girl. He's doing the right thing. Yeah. Whatever, right? So he fights off the trolls and then he turns to the guy and the guy tries to buy him off. He's like, I, I took this woman from the village and I have this gold. He's like, half of it's yours. Yeah. You, you let me go. And he, Stalker basically says he's having none of that. Yeah. And he said, you can have it all. And he said, I intend to. And then he stabs him. Yeah. <laughs> And then he turns to the girl, goes over to her, and, like, puts her bound hands above her head. And it looks kind of like he's going to stab her. But, but he, he, cuts, he her bonds. cuts her bonds. And then he proceeds to... she's very to, grateful. Well, no. Him. Before she's very grateful, oh. he he cuts her bonds, and then he proceeds to just take her top off. Yeah. There's no nothing said about it. She just kind of looks at him, and then... She starts making she out starts with him. She starts making out like, with oh, him. Yeah. Like, oh, thank you for saving me, good sir. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, I couldn't decide at first if she felt like she had no choice, or if she just decided to go with it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Regardless, it was a little strange, but whatever. Yeah. Anyway, then he's interrupted, and life goes on. Yeah. Yeah, so then it, we thought that was going to be a running joke, right? Yeah, because another guy gets interrupted. <laughs> in, yeah. in the middle of a battle, he decides, well, I'm going to try to take this girl, and, you know... Yeah, what the the plot though? Something he meets a witch, right? Yeah, well, it's um, the overall plot is that a evil magician has come into possession of two out of three 
magical objects. And once you get the third magical object, you're like all powerful. Or yeah, something. you get all the power. Yeah, it's, it's a chalice, an amulet, and a sword. And the people that interrupted him with the woman in the very beginning tell him, they take him to like their leader, and the leader happens to be the king of this place. And the king tries to convince him to go and take the castle back and because um, the bad guy has his daughter. Right, and the bad guy Bitten. being the magician, yeah. Yeah. Barbie and Barbie is the, the princess. And so Stalker's like, No, I'm not having any of it. You know, a hero and a fool are the same thing, and I'm not I'm not either. Yeah. So he leaves, but then he stumbles upon somebody attacking this witch whom I gathered they were friendly. Because she acted like she knew him. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And she convinces him that he needs to go and and get the sword that she has had hidden for him and combine it with the other two objects so that he will become the most powerful and basically take the power away from the magician who just tried to kill her. And so he, for some reason, decides that he'll do it now. I don't know why, if it's the, the... power that's gonna i don't know but he now decides to do that so he goes on a short quest to go get the sword gets the sword well the weirdest scene in the movie okay he crawls into this cave Mm. and then it's a big cave he can walk around in and he meets this like ogre guy in the cave he's like the keeper of the sword yeah and he says he's been there for 30 years and magic spell turned him into this and he ends up having to fight this big ogre guy this giant ogre guy to get the sword and he ends up beating this guy mm-hmm. and uh so then the little ogre guy gives him the sword and he says something to him he says you have to take me out of this the cave. riddle yeah and the prophecy of the riddle is only a man a boy a man who's not a man or a boy who's not a man something like that can take me out and then all of a sudden he turns into a young boy and he walks the ogre out and Ogre falls into the, walks into the lake there, and then all of a sudden Stalker's a man again, and then yeah, the Ogres the are ogre, a dude again. Yeah, the Ogres turn back into yeah. a regular guy. Yeah. Now this sword, unfortunately, <laughs> they didn't go to the the effort of making an individual sword. Yeah. They took one of those wall hangers that, that I think they called the El Cid model. That, okay. it, it's the one you see everywhere, everywhere you can buy, cheap to hang on the wall. Everybody who's had a sword hanging in their house had this sword. Yes. But they changed the handle on it, mm-hmm. which was they made a longer handle so he could swing it like a two-handed sword. Mm-hmm. I'll give them that. At least they did something to it. You know? <laughs> so that's the sword geek talk for there the, you this go. one. Yeah. So, anyway, so things things yeah. continue. One he... thing very positive about this movie okay. though, yes. is within the first Two minutes. Mi- two two to five minutes, you get boobs. Yeah, there's lots of boobs in this movie. And so right off the bat, you're like, it's going to be a pretty good movie. <laughs> and the whole entire rest of the movie, there were boobs and butts aplenty. Bare, yes, yes, indeed. back and forth back. And it, so it, it was a glorious movie. And come to find out, it was New World distributed. So Corman had something to do with the distribution. So you knew it was going to have some in it. So Of course. So yeah. that was good. So that was a good thing. That was a good thing. You know, God bless Barbie Ben. Did I say that already? <laughs> you did indeed. Anyhow, so things progress and he ends up coming across a guy that... Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, he is he, a crop top. Crop top. Crop top warrior. And the bad guy is uh, poor man's Anton LaVey. Yes, definitely. Yeah. They proceed to a, a tournament that oh, and the, bar- the bad the guy is... The warrior 
chick that oh, there's to, a topless yeah, warrior chick. Topless warrior chick. She's got on like I swear it's like somebody looked at a Frazetta painting and said, "Let's make this." Yeah. Because there's actually a pose in one of the with the bar fights going on uh-huh. where she sits beside him. I think that is a Frazetta painting. Well, Boris Vallejo did the box art for the VHS. Oh, well, or did the poster. I think did the poster. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. So he makes a few friends. They go to this tournament where the the evil what's his name? I can't remember the the bad guy's name. The evil magician. Ugh, Mungar I wrote it down or something. Mungar or something. Something like that. Like that. Mulzar. Mul- anyway, poor man's Anton Levey. Yeah. <laughs> budget budget Levey. He's having a tournament to. Whoever wins the tournament is going to become his heir, apparently. Yeah. Even though, as far as everyone knows, he's immortal. So yeah. I don't well, know what you're going to inherit. That's the purpose of the tournament. But the purpose is he is to yes. get the the strongest warrior in the kingdom mm-hmm. or whatever there to beat all the other warriors. And he's going to kill the strongest warrior. Yeah. So there will so be there's nobody, nobody who can possibly him. Yeah. oppose him. It's yeah, pretty that's smart, right. actually. It is pretty smart. So anyhow, they all go and you get to see lots of fighting and yeah. mud wrestling and <laughs> okay, and pig wait, man. Wait, wait. They're in his palace and it's like the Enter the Dragon, the night before the fights in Enter the Dragon where you're in Han's palace. Yeah. And there's a feast and then there's like, you know, in Han's there's a sumo wrestling display. Well, this is, they have mud wrestling and then all of a sudden it breaks down to like a big bar fight during this in the palace area yeah. here. And this is very important. This it's scene true. Is it very is important. very important. And there's pig man. Yep, pig man. Pig head man. Who's eating have, a pig? Yeah, they have a big pig on the table, and he picks it and up. And he looks at the camera, and he's like, yeah, like "Don't judge me." Yeah. And he eats the pig's head. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so this animal pig man. <laughs> so anyway, and basically, he find uh, stalker finds is this amulet is yes. the other object, and this chalice. Yep. That Budget Levey has. And by the end of the movie, he gets all three of them together and he says, you know what? Nobody needs this much power. So he destroys all three. That's right. And the movie ends just like that. That's it. It's not, there's no resolution. Well, and he threw, he threw Budget LeVay to the crowd of people who he'd oh, yeah, been they, ruling over and they killed him. Yeah. Well, at least I think they killed him. They were attacking him. And don't they quarter him? Like, oh, about? they did. Yeah, that's they right. They pulled him forgot. apart. Yeah, yeah, they did. They quartered him. Yeah. So that's it. But it ends, boom, like that. Yep. Over. So that was kind of weird. Yeah. Then we get a Death Stalker 2. Somebody looking for me. Stalker! You came back! Quite popular demand. Which is a special case. It is now, so weird. It took us a while watching, because going in, at first we thought it was just, okay, this is just bad. Yeah. But it turns out it was meant to be a kind of a comedy. It's a parody. It's meant to be a parody of the sword and sorcery movies. And but you know, I think once I knew that, it actually was easier to watch. Yeah. And biggest problems with it, though. Okay, let's start with the cast. It was so, Jim Wynarski directed it, who mm-hmm. did Chopping Mall. Right. And apparently some of the sound effects and some of the music from Chopping Mall were used in this. Right. Which I don't really remember enough of the music from Chopping Mall to recognize it, but whatever. Yeah. Now, Stalker was played by a guy named John uh, Terleski. Yeah. Who actually went on to direct a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And write. Not Rick Hill. So, different Stalker. Yeah. Different guy playing Stalker. And he had a, this a short, feathered... 80s hair. Definitely. So he did not look like a barbarian. No. And his attitude was totally different. Oh, yeah. He was more of a wisecracking, happy-go-lucky happy. thief. Very happy thief. Than yeah. a barbarian. Uh, Prince yeah. of Thieves. Prince of Thieves. <laughs> he actually played one of the masked swordsmen in this movie that fights the bad guy and gets killed early in the film. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Low budget, you know. Yeah. John Lazar was Jarek, the big bad guy. Mm-hmm. 
he was in some Russ Meyer stuff, Super Vixens and Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. Okay. Monique Gabrielle, mm-hmm. who was in everything in the 80s. She was, yeah, I recognize All kinds her of stuff, stuff Scream yeah. Queen stuff. Oh, she now, played talk, two parts. Yeah, she played the Queen, or the Princess, Princess Evie, yeah. the clone. Yeah. And then the, the good girl, who was, what, Rena the Seer? Yeah. That was Evie in disguise. Right. And as Eve, as the clone, she wore the outfit that the barbarian chick wore in the first Stalker movie. Yep, they're recycling the same stuff. wardrobe. Yep. And you talk about low budget now. The crystal ball she uses in this. <laughs> and I was like, that's a doorknob. It turns out it was a it doorknob. It was a crystal doorknob. A faceted doorknob. crystal doorknob. <laughs> and, you know, you remember earlier when we were just talking about the, the bar fight. Very important, yes. And the palace and the mud wrestling. They, they use that tons over of that and over again. Is shown when they're actually in a bar in this one. Yep. And it's supposed to be the same thing. And there's one shot where you see Crop Top in the background. Yeah. It's like, he's not in this movie. <laughs> he died in the other movie. <laughs> they even used the scene of the pig man picking up the pig yeah. face to eat. And I was like, why would you use that That scene? prominent it's scene. very prominent scene. But this one scene where they go into Rena's hut. It's actually yeah. the witch's hut from the first movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they reuse a lot of yeah. footage in there's, this. There was the one scene where there's these three men. It's actually from the first movie where there's three um, soldiers and they're dragging a guy behind them. Oh, yeah. And, and drag, they're on their way to the to the witch's hut. And they drag him and he bashes his skull yeah, into a tree. Yes, yeah, so it was a pretty weird scene. Actually, kind of well filmed, actually. Oh, it was. It was well filmed. Because the way they but run him into the tree. But that's inserted in this movie for yeah. no reason. Yeah. It doesn't relate to anything else going on. Nothing. You know, nothing like, at all. like, we need some filler. We I think they were like, hey, we, we like this scene. They liked how it was filmed, so let's throw yeah. it in there. I don't know. It's weird. And now, come to find out, too, a lot of this one was filmed ad-libbed. So there wasn't a much of a script? A lot of the dialogue. No, the script was written on the fly by uh, Renorski mm-hmm. and the guy playing Stalker. Oh, okay. But a lot of it was ad-libbed. And the, that's one thing that bothers me about period movies or fantasy movies is when they use modern slang. Yeah. And they talk like people do now and, mm. and relate like that. So that had a lot of this in it. Yeah. Bucko. And <laughs> a lot Bucko. of other things. I don't uh, mind that sometimes. It depends on the film. I mean, yeah. if it's supposed to be a serious, more serious piece, then yeah, yeah I don't want it. But well, see, and I think this one, whatever. If this was, it was supposed to be a comedy and a parody. And I think if it had a, a written script, mm-hmm. it might have worked better and had more comedy in it. Because it's like the comedy isn't real strong in it. That's true. So you're, it kind of, at first you're like, is this just a bad, this is a piece of crap. Mm-hmm. You know, but then when you get the idea, you find it, okay, it's supposed to be funny in a comedy. Then you can see some of that creeping through. Many dangers, witches, dragons. I just got down on the tourist trade. Now, I think I really enjoyed it more when it got closer to the end. Yeah. Uh, and I, one, it's like true. you say, when I knew it was a comedy, but then that last sword fight was, it was really good. It was well choreographed, it yeah. just wasn't well executed. True. True. Um, it's like you could you could see them pulling, yeah. and stopping and hesitating a little bit. It's like, and you went and did research, and you said that they had two weeks to well, rehearse. It's it said that's what it said, but okay. it doesn't look like they did. No, it doesn't. Of course, then again, some fights they rehearse a lot longer than that. That's true. You know? yeah. And it was a good long fight. Too. It was, yeah. So I think if they could have nailed that down, it would have been really pretty good. Yeah. All the swords in this look like crap. Man. They look like <laughs> cheap aluminum. You know, like they cut these things out of sheet metal, pretty much. <laughs> it's just a shame, you know. But at the closing credits, they show bloopers. 
Which was hilarious. Which was awesome. And yes. I'm like, okay, now you got me. You yeah. won me over now. What was the plot in this one? There was she was <laughs> she, the, I don't think so we said that yet. Jared, no, Jared had what it Jared or Jarek. Jarek. Jarek had I don't know how he got into power, but he somehow managed to create a cloning process and he cloned the princess. Now there's never been any say about what happened to the king and queen. But the princess has been cloned. Yeah. And they took the real princess and threw her out somewhere. Yeah. And they couldn't kill the original. Otherwise, the clone would also die. So now that yeah. they have a clone, all of their very own, they're ruling the palace or ruling the kingdom, I guess. Yeah. As her as the puppet. Oh, so that's right. And, so, and she's out trying to get somebody to help her. Yeah. And, and Rena, Rena the, the seer, yeah. which is actually the princess, is trying to yeah get help so they can kick out the bad guys. And take back the palace. Yeah. So that's basically the plot. Yeah, pretty much. That, that's <laughs> it, all right. <laughs> I mean, there's there's some interesting stuff along the way, except some of the things that go on and on. Like when they run into the, the tribe of warrior women, and they have to have a... That's the slayer, or the slayer, excuse me. The uh, stalker. Stalker has this reputation for being a womanizer being a womanizer which he is yeah so they're gonna make him fight their fiercest warrior for his crimes against womanhood yes so the fight is in a, a ring. ring yeah like a wrestling ring yeah and they gotta even even have ring girls doing yes. the round, whole, walk around with the round cards and know. this is not a short fight no it, it goes mean, on too long it goes on forever and then the ring girls like on 15th round or but they something brought in uh Queen Kong, <gasps> yeah, who I think in, in Glow, uh, the gorgeous, gorgeous ladies of wrestling years, yeah, she was yeah. named called Matilda the Hun. I okay, think. I think I that might be, be right. I'm not sure, but they brought her in for that, and, and she's a a beast of a woman. She's she big. She is, yeah, yeah. I could see her beating the crap out of this guy. Easy. Yeah. He wasn't very big compared to her. Now, I don't know how tall yeah. or whatever he is in real life, but compared yeah. to her, he did not look very big. But they both, uh, there were no stunt people. It was the actor and both they of them were doing, were doing it. it. Yeah, and they filmed that all, I think, in one night, that whole thing. Well, they must have been filming all damn night because there yeah. was, it, it felt was like way it. too long. Yeah, it felt like it. But anyway, so then they end up making friends with the, the warrior women yeah. by the end of it and... They, they, yeah, anyway. Now, the thing about this, uh, now, I said I want to see the other two movies now because each movie is a vastly different movie, apparently. Yeah. So the, the third, third movie is, is a, a different guy playing yeah, Stalker, Deathstalker. A third person. Yeah, third person playing De- Deathstalker. And he's more of a jackass, is the way he's described. Oh, okay. You know? Yeah. Uh, so he's not the wisecracker and he's not the solemn hero. So he's more of an asshole. Yeah, and I don't know what the plot and all that one is yet, but the fourth one, <laughs> the original guy comes back to play Deathstalker. So is it supposed to be a sequel to the original, actually? I don't actually? know. I, don't I mean, because I don't really feel like the second one was a sequel. Once you told yeah. me it was a parody, I feel like it's its own kind of Yeah, they just use the name kind world. of recognition. Yeah. But apparently so, the second one is actually the same universe as Conan, because they mentioned him. They mentioned Conan, <laughs> yeah. He'll be as famous as Conan. Yeah. So, but I do want to see the other two now, just to see how each one is completely different, and see right. if, see if the fourth one, since it's the same guy as the first one, mm-hmm. if it goes back to the tone of the first one. Yeah, I would know. be interested to see. Yeah. So we'll have to look those up, and see if they're anywhere we can watch them. Yeah. Well, I will tell you that while the last one was certainly 
probably the worst made of the three that we are talking about tonight and probably way out there as far as I don't know. I can't even describe it. <laughs> I, I can't even give you words to describe what it was. It was just very bad. Yeah. I actually had a lot of fun watching it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I enjoyed... Once it, we got past the, like, is this just a piece of crap? Okay, I see. It's supposed to be a comedy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I enjoyed it. But I did. I enjoyed all three of them. Though. I did, too. You know? I, I had too. a good time watching them. Because we watched them all this afternoon. Yeah. Well, we watched... Um... Oh, we Hawk watched Hawk yesterday. Day, but we yeah. watched Death Stalker yeah. 2, 1 and 2 today. Yeah. And like I said earlier, you know, when we get done recording here, I think I want to watch some, <laughs> another uh, cheesy 80s sword sorcery flick. Yeah, maybe Barbarian Queen 1 and 2. Who knows? Maybe. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, I mean, we can gush on the silly stuff that happened. I mean, we didn't really touch on much on the scenes or anything. There's lots of weirdness that happens, but yeah. I, I think we got the point across. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> If you like sword and sorcery movies, and you like cheese, yes. If then you're a fan like of the these. fromage, uh, <laughs> then you'll have fun with these. Like I say, Hawk the Slayer is not bad. Yeah. It, it, if you go in knowing you're watching a low budget sword and sorcery film, it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Death Stalker, not as good as Hawk. It's enjoyable on on a level. Mm-hmm. Death Stalker Two, you'd be in the right frame of mind. Yeah, yeah, you definitely have to. None of these are Lord of the Rings by any means. Oh no, no, no! no. Um, but, but you know what? But Lord of the Rings didn't have have boobs like like Deathstalker had either. No, so they did not, and they would not really have a place in Lord of the Rings. So not like this, I'm leaning towards Deathstalker on this. I one. I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> but you know what? I would put these three above the Dungeons and Dragons movie any day of the week. <laughs> Well, you know, I have no desire, even though Richard O'Brien was in it, I have no desire to watch Dungeons and Dragons ever again. I will again. never see that movie again. It I was would watch terrible. these again. Yeah, I would too. You know? That Dungeons and Dragons movie, I had such high hopes, and it was total shit. Yeah. It just sucked. I think it was like, it's almost like they were insulting something I really cared about. <laughs> yeah. Is how I felt. It was terrible. Oh, I, I feel you, sister. It was horrible. I know you do. I know you do. Yeah. I could yeah, it was terrible. We're going to rant about that kind of thing. We're not. <laughs> Anyhow. Well, I guess that's about it. We have one thing left to do. We do. We do. As we do at the end of almost every episode, we try and succeed in proving that the world revolves around Planet of the Apes. always succeed in proving that the world revolves around planet of the apes now this game i always i give this disclaimer this reason every every time in case this is somebody's first time listening clayton and i discovered many many years ago that you can connect anything back to the original planet of the apes movie and this is years before the six degrees of kevin bacon game came around so but it's the same idea it's the same idea and so this is a little fun thing we do because you know planet of the apes is awesome that's right phyllis is going to give me somebody from these three movies, and I will connect them back to Planet Apes. All right. Well, I'm going with Rick Hill because I found him pretty interesting. Okay, Rick Hill. Mm-hmm. That's good. Rick Hill did a few things. Uh, let's see, which one is the best way to go? Rick Hill did an episode of Dukes of Hazard. Okay. Okay. Jimmy Best was Roscoe in Dukes of Hazard. Yep. 
James Best also did an episode of the Green Hornet. He was a <laughs> okay. bad guy. Van Williams was the Green Hornet. Was also an episode of Batman, the TV series. Ah. And the same episode, Roger C. Carmel was the villain Colonel Gum, and Roger C. Carmel was Harry Mudd in Star Trek. And in Star Trek, Mark Leonard was Spock's father. Sarek was also Orko on the Planet Apes TV series. Indeed. How about that? <laughs> that was pretty good. Once again, you have proven the world does indeed revolve around Planet of the Apes. Indeed it does. So go watch all the original Planet of the Apes movies and the TV show and the cartoon. <laughs> and then watch Hawk the Slayer and Deathstalker 1 and 2. <laughs> or maybe the other way around. <laughs> or the other way around. Whatever. Make a, make a weekend of it, you know. There you go. All right. Well, I guess that's it. That's about all I got. So uh, till next time. Thanks for listening, everybody. Good night. Good night. Deathstalker? Uh-huh. Is that your first name or your last name?